This is your host, Bob Wesley Gray, speaking to you live from Brooklyn, New York, and that is September 25th, 2016. Again, it's a pleasure to have you joining us this afternoon, and I give thanks to the Most High. We give thanks to our ancestors. We give thanks for the fact that we're able to be here healthy and wise, and hopefully becoming wise, as it were. <laughs> Indeed, uh, this evening, this afternoon, is special and that we have two guests with us, uh, Brother Palmer Lumpkin and his brother, Jesse Wadden. Lampkin. Oh, Lampkin also. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I um, did some research and I thought you had a, a, another last name. <laughs> um, but we have um, two esteemed individuals who were members of the founding family and friends of the uh, West Indian Day Parade in New York City. Along with our guests, we have my beautiful wife, Dr. Dora Gray. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing great. Alafia, everyone. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Wonderful. And thank you as welcoming you both to our home and our our show. Again, we have Palmer and Jesse Lompkin. Pleased to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So if I may just review... Uh, some information that I uh, was able to extract about the Western Parade. It, it's, and correct me if I'm wrong, it states that within the, in the 1920s, immigrants from Trinidad and other Caribbean islands with a carnival uh, tradition began celebrating carnival in private spaces in Harlem. And these celebrations took place during the traditional pre Lenten period and that in the mid-1940s, Trinidadian uh, Jesse Lumpkin, sometimes spelled with okay, um, organized a street festival, which was held on Labor Day, and that was on 7th Avenue in Harlem. Uh, the parade permit for Harlem was revoked, and in 1964, following a disturbance, and then five years later, a committee headed by Carlos Lozema uh, obtained permission to parade on Eastern Parkway in Brooklyn, New York. Now, this is what's written in Wikipedia. And um, I have you two here now to just uh, get the the record straight in terms of how the Western Indian Parade evolved in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. 
into Jefferson, into Sumner Avenue, straight to Fulton, and down Fulton to St. George, all the way to St. George. Before we turn that round, we came up from the house, yes. made a right on Stuyvesant, uh -huh. made a right on Putnam, okay. and then, uh, you know, we, had, you know, we <laughs> ended up downtown Fulton. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. At that time, um, it, it was so new, okay, mm -hmm. that you didn't really have any uh, interference by the authorities or police department or anything. They were just looking. Ah, uh -huh. Everyone was just looking and amazed by it. It was like a culture shock? It, it was, because <laughs> what was happening prior to that, Caribbean people was evolving mm -hmm. another type of vibration within this country. Yeah. Okay? Um, there was a woman by the name of Ms. Peters who had a uh, bus ride. Mm -hmm. And we would go to Connecticut on Sunday. And what we would do, what we call pan around the neck. That's before, you know, you had stands and all that fancy yes, stuff. Yes. You'd have a pan around the neck, a single uh -huh. pan, uh, a chord pan, which was a second pan. Mm -hmm. And you'd have a little rhythm section. You're going up on the bus, you're singing, you're hitting on a bottle, and you're singing, or you may play the pan on the bus when you get to Connecticut. Okay? After people picnic and went on the beach, all of a sudden we started playing. Mm -hmm. And we start parading around, and you'd have Europeans or European Americans looking under the steel drums, amazed. They didn't know what it was. used to think it was a piano under there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we came from the bus ride, we'd get off at, um, she was on uh, Macon. Macon Street. Macon and, well, Sumner Avenue, which is now Marcus Garvey. Yeah. My cousins lived on Jefferson between Lewis and Sumner, Lewis and Marcus Garvey, and we would parade on the sidewalk coming down to, her, to their house. Mm -hmm. And people just look, and some people would be dancing. The cops never said anything. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going back to late, uh, what, but the point I'm trying to make is that how the whole scene and the vibe was changing. Yes. One more point. My brother, Jesse, besides being an artist, um, besides being a musician, okay, a carver, what we used to do was to take like uh, paint cans and we used to stretch rubber over it and make drums. Mm. And we would stay in my mother's yard and they'd play the Maltogan. And one, one evening, we paraded all the way from my mother's yard all the way to East New York on the sidewalk. Right? right yeah. No one said anything. People just looking in amazement. Mm. So I'm just saying that the vibe was changing besides the dances that, that Caribbean was, you know, um, given. And the culture of who was here and who was from the island was coming closer and, and closer together because, matter of fact, that's the whole thing I, I would say with history. If, if Caribbean kids could learn American history or world history, African history, and the same back, you know, across the line, because this is how you have a continuity. Absolutely. Okay, of understanding that we're connected. Mm -hmm. You know, because when I meet someone from the Caribbean, they say, where are you from? I say Trinidad, and they say, uh, let's say Barbados, I say the same thing. <laughs> you know, and they understand exactly what I mean. Yes. You know, I'm saying there's no difference. <laughs> so when a brother, I talk to a brother from the, from the continent, um, sometimes I say, uh, uh, when was the last time you went home? I don't say those Africans, I'll describe them like that. Absolutely. Okay, so all of this was part of the drive getting back to Labor Day, mm -hmm. that first day in Brooklyn, coming out of my mother's house mm -hmm. on 620 Madison Street in Brooklyn, heading downtown Fulton. Awesome. But the fact is that he had come out of the hospital, and here he was, still not really well, mm -hmm. doing shirts in my mother's basement, pretty pretty shirts, because he's, he's an artist. Oh. Matter of fact, he was one of the first, to me, I don't know if he saw it, what, you know, yeah, someone yeah. else did it. Mm -hmm. He was the first to use the pants as a design that I knew of um, anyway. Maybe someone else did. 
you know, as an art, because it looks like a flower too, mm-hmm. on another level, like petals. Yes. And he was one of the first to, that I realized that did that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, as a little kid, people into tattoos now, but I'm not into tattoos because as a little kid, he drew up all over my arm all the time <laughs> and stuff like that, you know, with ink. With, with a pen. With with a pen. Yeah. I mean, nice tattoos, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. So it's amazed me now I see people with all these tattoos now, but, yeah, you know, yeah. it's no big thing to me. Yes. Back to the Labor Day. Yes, interesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I must interject, uh, Palmer, how you and I met. We go back uh, during the, the uh, 70s. I remember exactly days. where we met. Wow. Uh, that church on, um, what is it, um? Is that uh, Troop Avenue mm-hmm. at that Catholic Church? Mm-hmm. Right. I went in there with a friend of mine who was playing piano for me, Hugh Clark. Which he passed away. Oh yes, yes. And you were there, uh-huh. dressed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you still I think you had a regular suit or a triple piece or uh, uh, with the, the um, vest on. Or, 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 but anyway, you had on a tie mm-hmm. and you were playing the piano. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, that's how we met. Yes. Okay, and then yes. we just saw, kept seeing each yes. other and so forth and so on over the years, and 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 this basically helped us a lot. Yeah, that time I was with a Latin jazz band. Right, I, I think that's what we right. played a lot of Mongo Santeria. Yeah, and, and, uh, yeah, I had my too. Yeah, well, yeah. He, well, Huey, he was the piano player for Mongo. Yes, so you were playing vibes. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned vibes earlier. Right. And I thought of the fact, I said, well, you were by this when I met you. Mm-hmm. And this so happens, the whole room has musicians. My wife is, uh, Dora is a musician as well. As a matter of fact, I teach her. Uh, she taught violin and oh, okay. guitar and, and uh, toy. Oh, okay. And from the New York City public school system, she's uh, eight years behind you with that. Um, Oh, um, yeah. Are you doing music now in the public school system? Yeah. I'm not on the board. I'm not with the board. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. Sir. But she's still working with the city. Oh, okay. And that's another discussion. Right. And then um, I'm the delight because you're a musician and an artist. So that just rises, the, uh, raises the vibration oh, yeah. even more. It's up high already. Yes. But now when we have peers uh, amongst themselves, um, who are really healers of the community. Uh, that's something that I like to talk about because uh, we had the pleasure of having Brother Malagomi Somme as a house guest. And for you, those of you in the listening audience and yourself, if, if you're not familiar with him, he's an author of two books, one called uh, Of Water and the Spirit and the other one titled uh, The Healing Wisdom of Africa. And uh, within his book, he talks about when... His villagers, the people in his village would get together to dance and celebrate. It was part of ritual and a part of paying homage to the ancestors. You know, there was a healing intent for it and a a rejuvenation of spirit. Um, So we have what we have here in, in, in the United States is that those of us coming from Africa, from the Caribbean, from the African diaspora, same thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> However, pardon the expression, it gets watered down. Yeah. It gets diluted. Mm-hmm. It gets turned away from yeah. the original intent, where um, sex is predominantly um, incorporated within the ceremonies, right. and, and um, intoxication, mm-hmm. you know, is incorporated. So uh, I'd like you to share with me, uh, with the listening audience, with us, uh, uh, that aspect of the intent. Was it more so for the, for the energy of, of um, raising the spirit of, of consciousness and awareness of the culture? Uh, and, and, you know, just share with the listening audience. Well, uh, ever since I came to this country, mm-hmm. I have always spread 
Don't curse you. Yes. Yeah. And this was part of one way to spread my culture. I came and met it and just add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I would let you see this one of your Absolutely. Well, what we have now, unfortunately, is um, this, this, this fast forward to present day. We have what is called juve, yeah. a juve yeah. ceremony yeah. before the parade. Yeah. And for the last number of years, we've had violence, yeah. even people getting killed. I think we had uh, this past, uh, uh, this year, one person got killed, shot, two. Oh, wow. And one woman, I think, got injured. Wow. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, and I think those individuals who, who are the malcontents who uh, are, uh, you know, exercising that violence are, are young adults, if not youngsters, teenagers, who have no understanding of the uh, significance of us getting together, you know, on this level. Uh, we have a million plus people participating, uh, I think, physically. Not to say of any of the people who are looking on, you know, through the media, TV, and so forth, and listening on the radio. Um, I titled on the on the, the show, "Should It Continue?" Question mark. And my contention is that it should continue, on some level, and but perhaps contingent upon a a, a roundtable discussion. You know, not just in one table, but it tables all over the the African diaspora, and 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 specifically those of us here in the United States and in New York City, to come to terms of what has to be done, so that we don't, so that we can reverse and we can stop the violence that's happening within our community. Well, I I think that um, we have to be honest. I think before anyone or any individual, any group have to uh, go forward with anything, they have to be honest. Yes. We have to realize that there's certain things that's happening in our community, and we may not know how to stop it. We've never come to that realization. <laughs> because if you take away the Labor Day and you take away the Jubilee, violence still goes on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, mm-hmm. all the days of the, of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's not the juve, it's not the, the Labor Day carnival itself later on during that day. It's how do we solve this kind of rogue behavior in our own community. <laughs> and I don't think we know how to do it. And the only way we can approach doing it is if we come to a position that we may not know. We talk about everything else, okay? Because what this rogue... Uh, kind of climate does, it plays into the hands mm-hmm. of anyone who wants to label you. Mm-hmm. There's a book by Shashi McInerney called Criminalizing a Race. Yes. Okay? And until we solve that kind of problem, if it takes a thousand years, I wouldn't want it to take that long. Of course. But that's, that's how long it will take. Mm-hmm. There's three things that give awareness to an individual or group. Number one, within the home. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm a kid from Mars, in the home, I'm a Martian, I'm a Martian, yes. I'm a Martian. Yes. When that child goes to his educational center, guess what? 
I'm a Martian, I'm a Martian, I'm a Martian. Yes. When he goes to his religious institution, I'm a Martian, I'm a Martian, I'm a Martian. Our kids are not getting it in the most, in the three places. If they get a little in the home, they're not getting it in the religious institution, they're not getting it in school. We have to realize that most of us became aware of our blackness. We stumbled into it. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was, I was in, in college. I had history of Western civilization. Mm -hmm. They talked about Egypt. They talked about modern Spain. That, they weren't talking about me. Mm -hmm. Okay? So that means that parents, if your kids are not going to get this self-awareness, I'm not talking about the academics of the math and so forth and so on. Mm -hmm. They may get some of that. Right. But that awareness of who they are, Mm -hmm. It has to come in those three places. Yes. So sometimes we get mad at our politicians and our actors and say, oh, they're not doing stuff for us and so forth and so on. They will never. They weren't educated to, to, to do anything for Absolutely. you. Okay? And the people who are saying about how the politicians are doing anything, since they weren't educated either in that type of awareness, if they get in the same position, they'll do the exact same thing. Absolutely. Okay? So what I'm saying is that we have to deal with this self-awareness. You're not getting it who you are. At home, you're not getting it in school, you're not getting it in a religious institution. I didn't want to use another ethnic um, um, name, group name, but an ascetic Jew in that home, mm -hmm. I'm an ascetic Jew, mm -hmm. watch out for ascetic Jews. Yes. In the synagogue, I'm an ascetic Jew, watch out for ascetic Jews. In school, I'm an ascetic Jew, watch out. If we are not getting that same type of awareness, we'll go around in circles. We blame each other, so forth and so on. Unless you stop that violence or that kind of behavior or that disrespect of oneself, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the rest of the week, you're going to forget it. I'm, I'm happy you touched. You know, you're so much on point, Brother, Brother Palmer. Um, I think it all starts with yourself mm -hmm. and, um, and, and also recognizing that we're all interdependent upon one another. Um, you have your selfness, but you also have the connection with each other. Yes. You know, if I do harm to you, if I think harm to you, I'm actually harming myself. If I, if I neglect uh, your child and act as if that's your problem, then, you know, I'm not realizing that it's my problem also. Um, I think starting with thought and then words, and in action, you know, how many of us think of ourselves as being superior, think of ourselves as being uh, higher, you know, more accomplished, more successful than the other person, than that family, than that group, and so forth. Um, the whole uh, concept of whether it's mythology or not, uh, the Willie Lynch theory in terms of divine hunger, you know, we have uh, subscribed to that notion then indeed you can be divided and still be strong. Um, we have to eliminate cursing, backbiting, you know, uh, being abusive to ourselves, number one, and then abusive to the people in our family, your spouse, your husband, your wife, and your children, and other relatives. And once it gets to that point, because the, the, the people, children, and then those young adults who misbehave, they're just mirroring what they, the, the nucleus of their, of their exposure within the family. But I remember when I came to this country, mm -hmm. uh, 
your dad could have talked to me, your grandfather could yes. have talked to me before me doing something wrong. Yes. Why all the why the tune around now? Three you know? places again. Yeah. We got to be sure of that and understand that. Yes. Okay? okay. I'm saying we have to be honest. And and attack a problem. Self awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can talk you can call it all different things fitting there. Yes. Respect for oneself, the way you carry yourself, mm-hmm. the words you use. When you leave that household, your school system is reinforcing that. I'm not just talking about academics mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Okay? And religious institutions. Mm-hmm. And if we don't get it in those three places, it's all over. I have to, to, to make that very clear. We're just going around in circles. You just said something about words. If we say we understand the power of words, we talk about the metanature and all these kind of things. Yes. Well, why are we using words that are destructive? Yes. I don't even use the, the phrase. Um, well, 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 I'm, I'm not. Um, what do they say? Um, um, I'm not. Uh, I'm not perfect. Yes. I don't even. That that's not in my vocabulary. Absolutely. I start from per- perfection. Yes. Because if, uh, on a religious level, mm-hmm. we say we are a divine being, mm-hmm. or we're from whatever, yes. well then, for goodness sake, you start at that level as a criteria. Yes. Now, the, the dictionary says perfection is without flaw or blemish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I throw it on the side. Yes. My culture talks about balance. Mm. And every day you attain balance in your life, you are attaining perfection. Mm-hmm. So we have to throw away certain things that is not doing us any good. And look at the world completely different. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have to get these things within those three important institutions. Mm-hmm. If you don't, we might as well just keep throwing the towel. Yes. We'll never get out of, this, uh, out of the situation. I'm not being negative. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying this is this is a, a, a historical and it's a spiritual fact. Absolutely. So unless we 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 are honest to realize that. Some of us, we don't know what to do about this problem. Mm-hmm. And that's why it keeps recurring. It's almost like if you have paid terrorists within your own community to disrupt your own community. You hit around in the head there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the whole Renanetra mm-hmm. uh, piece that you brought up, uh, I've, I've learned quite a bit from my wife. She happens to be uh, very uh, astute in that area of learning. And uh, we have books amongst us, and and I'm looking forward to future shows where we can actually delve into that area, because I think that from a spiritual perspective, that we have that um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not infliction, but dysfunction amongst us, even amongst those of us who claim to be aware <laughs> on a certain level. They still incorporate yeah. somehow or other these. Uh, the notion that you can still think a certain way and still elevate consciousness by not being ethical, by being manipulative, by being self-serving, you know, talking about, oh, that church, you know, that institution, they do this to the people of the congregation, they're actually always asking for, for tithing and money, what have you, why are they living large? And you look around and you say, oh, man, this is something that's really, even though you're going something that's, so the direction that's perhaps from Africa, you know, from Kemet, if you will, but you're still incorporating the same uh, uh, nuances that are that have been proven to be detrimental to our community. Uh, 
the whole notion that you can actually get together with someone intimately and not be submitted, you know, the whole notion that you can actually have multiple wives or husbands, but in this case, it's only his wives, and, and still play the game of being a quasi-pimp, as it were. Um, the notion that, that you can um, exploit people who, who are following you and not realizing that, no, you've been given a gift, you've been given an opportunity to really turn this thing around. And, of course, we have amongst us those people who are afraid to challenge those people. Uh, fortunately, uh, my wife and I both, and perhaps the two of you, are amongst people in your soul. I'm sure that on some level or other, you do challenge those, those, those people who have those traits. And I think that's what has to be done in mass. Um, accountability. Accountability. Yes, that's the word. Lack of accountability yes. across the board. Absolutely. And part, part of what we're dealing with, which makes it so tricky, it, it makes it so tricky, is what I term layers. And what a layer. Here's a layer. Before, when I was growing up, Grandma used to be like 60 years old. Now Grandma is 30 and she's going to the club. <laughs> so what can she give the children at home? Yes. As far as respect, when she's wearing short shorts and, mm -hmm. you know, tattoos, tattoos and, and there's, a, there's a place for everything. Tattoos are okay depending on the situation, because we know in the Hindu culture, yeah. tattoos are very prevalent, they're, they're very beautiful, they're, they have a spiritual connotation. Polynesian. But, yes, but, but that's not what's happening in our community. Okay, so here's another layer. Here's another layer on people that have abused substances. Okay, and they didn't get the help that they needed. Okay, so what's happening to their children? Their children following their footsteps. And like the three institutions that you said, the home, yeah. the school, and whatever a spiritual right. base. Okay, so that's being invaded. Okay, mm -hmm. so here's another layer. Another layer is the young man that sees his um, father beating up on his mother, so now he goes out and beats up on his wife in front of the children, and so the children at early ages, such as eight years old, maybe try to self-medicate because they can't deal with it or understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. So here's another layer. You join a spiritual organization, and the pastor is, like, totally unethical, and um, there's a saying, hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Now, you're not going to hurt somebody else in an effort to try to make yourself feel better because you simply don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And when you put all of these layers, and, and I could go on and on, there were just so many layers involved. So which layer do you start at? And do you start at the top or do you start at the bottom? Mm -hmm. Or do you just grab any layer and see if you can work with that in an effort to move forward and try to... Um, work with those other layers, and that's what we're up against. There's, there's not one solution. Many solutions are needed, and many people are needed to work within each venue, if you will, of solutions, because you need someone to work with the families. You need someone to work with the um, with the uh, mental health. You need someone to work with um, the uh, drug addiction, things like that, and you put all these layers together. You need someone who 
You need people who are truly ethical because I can't give you what I don't have. So if I'm not ethical, if I haven't seen it in my life, if I have no understanding, and if all I know is what I hear, you know, driving down the street, yeah. blasting the gangster rap and whatnot, if that's if that's all that's in my consciousness, what am I supposed to do? So we have to attack things layer by layer. Yeah. And we have to find viable solutions and and just not stop. I think that the mental health thing is probably spiritual mental health in that order. I, I believe that um, when we're taken away from our rituals, like the drum, I start off the show with the drum. Uh, this drum that I, I play was actually played at um, Barack Obama's, President Obama's inauguration. I went with a contingency of, um, of activists from Jersey City and I asked if I could bring my drum. They said, sure. And my wife would tell you, I was, you know, actually uh, uh, debating whether or not I should, you know, bring the drum or not. And I did, and, and Spirit just told me, well, stop playing the drum. As soon as I got out the bus, I started playing the drum. And walking from the route from the bus uh, depot to the Washington Monument, which is lined up with people. We even had a bridge. It's on YouTube. You see a picture of me, a um, 14-minute picture of me walking under a bridge and People, mostly else are saying, yes, we can. Yes, we did. Drum was talking. Drum was talking, yes, indeed. And the people were so much, you know, rised up in their spirit and their energy. And, and I make that point, of course, not to self-aggrandizement, but to just illustrate the fact that the drum and any music that's derived from Africa has a healing power. And that was one of the first things he took from us, as you know, 400 years ago. That's what he during time coming up to Labor Day, yes. we had what they call Panorama. And there's a lot of youth who was interested, used to be in Tanya. Yes. For kids from here, would be, you know, because this was our uh, a fight mm-hmm. music. Yes. The bands against each other for for uh, a trophy. Oh, yeah, I, 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 they have that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was cut out. Wow. And the youth said it in the Panyard. They bought the place. Nothing to do. They were interested in music. Mm-hmm. You find them flocking to the Panyard. Mm. And a lot of it are cut out now because of... Uh, I don't know if it's disturbing the neighborhood or, or if it was meant to do what, you know, to have the youth distracted. Yes. Well, yeah. well, hold on for a moment, please. I, I notice we have a, a listening guest on, online, and I would just like to acknowledge the fact that uh, I see that you would like to share your thoughts. So please uh, uh, be patient, and I definitely will bring you on board. But what were you about to say, Professor Palmer? Well, um, the situation with the steel, steel band, that's economics, which I'll get to. But before you can even deal with economics, you have to deal with some of the things that your wife is saying. We're suffering also from abused child uh, syndrome. Uh, and this is the mental problem. We, we want to be loved sometimes by people who don't even care for us. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's almost like when the crack in the door opens, Okay. Okay. What we are the problem we're dealing with is between, let's say, conservatism mm-hmm. and liberalism, or federalism and state rights. Yes. Um, 
The point I'm trying to make is that when a liberal government is in, plus with the vibration of our ancestors opening that doorway, yes. things move first in a certain kind of way. Absolutely. But guess what? A conservative government comes in and starts repealing everything. So we're going in a circle. Uh, good point. Okay. Hold up a second. It's straight again. Hello. Uh, are you with us? Is this Brother um, Mel? Yes, it is. Oh, wonderful, Mel. Uh, it's a pleasure we have Mel uh, Blackman on board with us. And it's, uh, welcome you to, I welcome you to the show. And it's a pleasure to have you with us. Have you uh, heard this, uh, us talking uh, earlier? Uh, yes, I did. Wonderful. Well, let me just share with the listening audience and the guests here that Mel Blackman is an author and a community activist, and uh, he's been on our show in the past. And I told him about the, about the two of you being here, that it would really be uh, something that could probably um, be a mutual interest if he shared his story and his thoughts about uh, the West Indian Parade and also the fact that the two of you are part of the founding um, members of the West Indian Parade. So, Mel, if you have any questions that you'd like to share with us, uh, please feel free and, and chime in. And I'd like to now let Palmer continue with um, his thoughts. Yeah, I was saying that we're caught between these two opposites. Mm -hmm. And since economically we're not structured, because really it doesn't matter who's in the White House mm -hmm. on another level, if you have, you know, what you're supposed to have in place. Mm -hmm. Right now, some are confused between Hillary and so forth and so on, and I try to tell people that it's not about Hillary or Trump. See what platform sort of may serve your interest for the simple reason that who is going to be the Supreme Court nom uh, nom nominee? Mm -hmm. Who is going to be the federal uh, nom nominee? Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you have some of these states talking about states' rights again, or more states' rights. And we went through that situation with, you know, with states just want to do their own thing. So are we going to sit on our hands and say we're not going to vote? I'm not advocating anything for anybody, but I'm saying that if you're not going to do that, what's your plan B? Ah, uh, yes. You know, we just can't say, well, such and such and such with no plan B. <laughs> if, if we're not going to vote and all of us say we're not going to vote, fine. But what's the plan B? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay, so I'm not advocating anything for anybody. I'm just saying what platform may be more conducive for us, in a sense. Now, the thing is that coalition, really, when you do that, it's more a coalition, right? But a coalition is not a love affair. We have to realize that. That's just when people come together to do what they have to do, and you may move off. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? One of the first challenges of, of um, affirmative action was the, ba the Baki um, thing, mm -hmm. okay? And people got brought out of whatever they wanted to get out of the civil rights movement, mm -hmm. but then all of a sudden, there's parting of the other ways. So, so. so getting back to the, to the Labor Day thing, one of the reasons of the dispersal of the steel band is that places to rehearse. One time there's a lot of places to rehearse. But guess what? If, as a leader, you didn't try to codify things in such a way to have a place or you bought a building or so forth and so on, well, you're going to drift from here to here to, to there. Yes. And, and now it's affecting our youth. The vision is that, well, I'm not dealing with that. I, you know, I, I'll just find another place. Mm -hmm. But look what's the larger issue. Now my brother is saying that you should get involved in something 
right, mm -hmm. that can occupy their mind in a positive direction, there may not be any place for them to, to rehearse because the bands don't have any place to rehearse uh, yeah. because the economics was not taken care of. Right. The same thing was happening within the community. Mm -hmm. Your mother and father or your ancestors, right, what they did is almost like um, they paid for all the taxes, slavery, okay, or, or, or the, the mortgage, yes. slavery. Now, all we have to do as the kids is pay the taxes. Some of us are not paying the taxes. Mm. So guess what? We're going to lose the house, in a sense. Right. We're busy getting a new car. Or, or, or whatever. Or <laughs> but, but that's the mental illness again. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes. I want to interject the fact that uh, Mel has authored two books. One is uh, a children's book uh, titled You're Not My Friend. And it's geared towards children and um, from kindergarten on up to um, high school. They absolutely mean it. 
You know, so like we have to we have to stop them. You know, from uh, we have to stop feeding because I have a um, uh, as Barbara will tell you, I have a, uh, a prison program. I have an organization uh, called the Burning House Project. If my house is on fire because of something that somebody started like years ago and and and, and still continuing to do in certain ways, or you know, uh, in 2016, I'm not going to help you out by pouring gasoline on my fire. That means like I'm not going to go around, you know, c- you know, cussing at. Uh, you know, uh, my own people and kids and shooting and selling drugs. I'm not going to, you know, that's pouring gasoline on the fire. And like I said, the people who are um, um, trying to keep us stuck on, on, you know, on stupid, they love it. So I'm not going to help you out. You know, I'm not going to do any of that stuff, you know, because like it's all, uh, uh, the approach that I take is like if the stuff that we do to ourselves, how is it impacting our little children, the very little children? Because, like, you know, they're, they're the ones who are looking at what we do. They're not looking at what – they're not into politics, you know, when they're five, six, seven, eight, nine years old. <laughs> they're looking yeah. at what you do, you know. So, like, the whole idea is, like, you know, to think basically about, you know, well, what am I showing these little kids who I want to see them grow up to, to do the stuff that we do? Well, that's yeah, just so, the way <laughs> But that's, that's very profound, though, um, the children, I was mentioning that earlier, the children mirror uh, yeah. what they see in the home. It's not yeah, what you absolutely. say, but what yeah. they see, what yeah. you do. And, and we're not, uh, we're talking to talk, we're not walking to walk. And that's, yes. you know, absolutely. And, and that's something that has to be reversed. And perhaps this Donald Trump, Hillary Clinton uh, scenario mm-hmm. is a blessing in disguise. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. now yeah. you you're having the enemy revealed to you. You know, mm-hmm. from, from from both points of view, mm-hmm. and it's causing people to really think think in terms of uh, wow, things haven't really changed. They've actually gotten worse. Uh, Oprah yeah. Ripley mentioned something. She says every day you have a a, a Tillman situation as opposed yeah. to just in Berlin, You know. Right. Um, and and I, I I have to give that some thought. I think we all do. The fact that, indeed, we've almost been uh, desensitized, you know, mm-hmm. we've been made insensitive to the violence. Um, it, but not all of us, but a certain group of us have been. And, um, indeed, I think it was Joseph Campbell who talks about man and myth- mythology, that book he published, that each generation of youth, has to have a means in terms of proving his and, if not hers, um, uh, manhood, uh, womanhood. Now, you have women now fighting wars. But from an uh, anthropological perspective, it's usually the man that, that, that's the territorial protective, you know, of the community. And, and uh, wars are created so that, indeed, they have a, 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 a vehicle to exercise so-called campaigns, you know, to mm. prove their manhood. And yeah. now uh, we have a certain political awareness where you recognize, why should I go overseas? Why should I go to a country such as what Muhammad Ali, uh, Ali illustrated mm. about, you know, those people haven't done anything to me. They look more like me than not. Why should I go over there to kill them? And mm. so we have this resistance to go to war to be used as a pawn so that indeed our lives can be expended and 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 used by the whims of those powers that be sometimes called the one percent. But now what we're doing, we're imploding, we're warring against ourselves. So 
we have to, I think, come to terms with what is a normal trait from a psychological, sociological, or so-called anthropological perspective that people will have conflicts, but we cannot afford to exercise a conflict within our community the way that those who have us in bondage do it. So here's a challenge. Absolutely. Because we know everything is wrong. We know what's wrong. And we constantly talk about what's wrong, and we need to add to that conversation solutions. Yes. We know the kids are fighting each other. We know there's drugs, mental illness. We know all these things. Okay, but I challenge everyone to do this. I personally believe that I'll preface it by saying none of this is our fault. No. But we can't take the fact that it's not our fault and use that as a crutch. We have to be accountable. But here's the challenge. A lot of what's going on in the community is because collectively as well as individually, we don't feel good about ourselves, as evidenced by if someone happens to do something really well, like maybe get a degree or, or get an accolade or something, automatically hears the talk. Who, do, who does she think she is? Who does he think he is? And so on. And again, that's not your fault. You have low self-esteem, the poor self-image, which was brought about as a direct byproduct of slavery. Fine. But being that you know that intellectually, the challenge is what can each of us who feel this way do every single day of our lives to, first of all, find a way to feel better about ourselves. Because if I don't feel good about myself, mm-hmm. I won't be able to feel good about your accomplishments or feel good about you. Yeah. I won't be able to do that, and I'll just keep perpetuating this madness, which to some people plays out in the form of a handgun. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't feel good about myself, so it, it might end up with that. What can we do each and every day of our lives to build ourselves up? Because if we can build ourselves up, then we can build our children up. And we will show them different messages as opposed to telling them one thing and doing another. We'll be able to show them a different message. And that's where it has to start. If I can't appreciate myself, if I don't think I'm wonderful, if I don't think I'm beautiful, I'm going to join with other people who feel the same way. And if someone like a Barack Obama does something wonderful, I won't be able to appreciate him. You know, we'll be like one of our neighbors who says, oh, they're not going to elect a black man. And we'll have that type of attitude. And this is a person who has like five or six grandchildren, and that's the message he's giving to his grandchildren. So each and every day, he's told us that. Each and every day, we need to find out, find something within us, find a spiritual orientation, because that's going to be the foundation. Absolutely. Because you need that to fall back on on days when you don't feel good about yourself. You have to have something to fall back on when nobody else around you is validating you. Mm-hmm. You've got to have that inner fortitude, and that's what we need to give to each right. other. Well, we give it to ourselves and then to each other. The thing other. is that I think most, most people who are aware of certain things, you and your husband, you speak it. And you live it. 
So I remember when at one time it seems like, you know, you know, as someone would imagine, oh, I'm in psychology, I'm in sociology. But what type of sociology and psychology did you major in? I'm dealing with a black person now for the simple reasons. Well, are you aware of um, Amos Wilson's book? Besides the other psychology courses you're going to take, mm-hmm. are you aware of um, um, this uh, sister, is it Lori, is her name? Um, uh, traumatic slavery, uh, what's the yes. syndrome or something like that? Um, to, to a degree. Okay. As a major in psych and sociology, are you aware of her books? Or Amos Wilson. Yes. Okay. Ben. Okay. Are you aware of Doctor Ben? Because because what happens in a school? I was talking to a, a, a teacher, a, a white uh, young man, and he was a teacher at one time, and he said, "Well, you know, it, it, you cannot teach black history because of the, the timing and the so forth and so on, all this kind of stuff." And I said, "Let me explain something to you. All you have to do is the adjectives, the descriptive adjectives you use." and you're already teaching black history. Right. Okay, so let me give an example. Let's say he's teaching uh, about Egypt. Oh, because class, we're going to talk about a great civilization, Egyptian civilization, that so was for and so on, la-da-da-da-da-da-da. Here comes the black professor. So the class, we're going to talk about Egypt. This African civilization, right. built by black Kemet. people, or known as Kemet. Yeah. You see, all I did was interject. Yes. How much time would it take? You understand? So it's not about t- it's not about time. It's the choice of words. Right. We can, I can talk about about jazz and never mention that where it came from. Right. Okay. So it's just it's not time. It's just the words that you use. But, let me interject a thought, and, and I'd like you to continue mm-hmm. on this. Spirit just told me that with living today in this technology, mm-hmm. it used to be that. At one time, if you didn't turn on Channel 7 to listen to Gil Noble when he had Dr. Venn, Dr. Johansson Venn, or Dr. Henry Clark, or Dr. Naeem Akbar, or Van or Surma, and so forth. Yes, if you didn't turn on, and if you didn't have a, a, a recorder to, to record it, you lost. Yeah. You didn't get that information. Yeah. The only thing you were able to do is have somebody tell you what the show is about. And, of course, never heard or she or he would, would not really be able to articulate the dynamics of the show. Now you have YouTube. You know, you have other social media, uh, or should I say media and technology, that you do have access to this information. I would say that it behooves every family. You don't have to pay $2,000 to get, you know, like an encyclopedia set, you know, to have this history and whatnot. You have access to this through the technology. You can even download it on your phone, for that matter. So I think that one of the solutions is to, um, we had a lot of pushback in our community also from those people who would say, oh, those people are racist, you know, that knowledge is not real, it's not true, what have you. And, and those of us who really had that energy, we very, you know, ripped up in our psyche, you know, in our consciousness, we didn't give up, but we got frustrated. So I think now, again, the opportunities happening and the revolutions happening, like in ebbs and flows, like uh, the tidal waves. We have a wave now, I think, where uh, in mass people can make um, access to, to the children, to those who don't know this knowledge, so then indeed we can have this kind of conversation on, on in mass and this education. 
like you said about this teacher. Well, well, the thing is also that, I mean, we really have to study history and realize that history is also honoring your ancestors. You yes. think we don't know, uh, what is it that we understand about praying? <laughs> praying is just doing, but praying, dealing with that history, is also uh, dealing with prayer. Yes. Okay? Yes. Number one, we go through changes and we're surprised because we don't know history. If your ancestors open the doorway mm-hmm. and you're being successful in this society, historically, there's going to be a backlash. Mm-hmm. You do not have an image of a black man in a White House and think that there's certain people in this country who are going to say, well, listen, i got to muddy that up a little. Yes, yes. Okay? Yes. So we say, oh, maybe we're getting shot more and so forth and so on. Are we getting shot more? I was going to White Law Reed Junior High School, and I remember as a kid, this, that incident about this kid getting shot. And now look at what's happening. I try to tell people on another level. You, you think it's a negative thing, and some people say, oh, we're getting shot more because we have a black president. But guess what? I'm surprised you're not getting shot even more. Yeah, absolutely. You got to muddy up that image. Hmm. And let me tell you something. You say he didn't do anything. Well, go to a ragtag army, in a sense. Because guess what? If the Republicans look at, at his his Let's say his base. Yes. And the ragtag, well, I'm going to hit him with a couple of taps in his head. And this is what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that we always ask what leaders are supposed to do for us. But, but as a people, what are we supposed to do for our leaders? Yeah. Well, Why do we think that the leader has to do this for us all the time? I, I we can, have to do certain things for our leaders, too. I consider the, the President Obama to be one of the most successful presidents in, in, in recent history. Especially given the, the obstacles that he had, you know, to overcome the, the um, obstructionist um, government that was in place in Congress and the Senate, um, and, and, and those other uh, malcontents who just really oiled the surface so that he would slip whatever chance they got to cause him to slip. I think that uh, if one would go to YouTube and key in um, Obama in Africa and Ghana. I mean, he took his family to the door of no return in Ghana. And that was before he made a speech of a gathering of over 100 African leaders. And he made a statement. He says, you know, it's time to stop acting like, like children. We have to start acting like adults. He was addressing these leaders because of the fact that they were, you know, those so-called puppets and people who were being manipulated by various European countries to um, um, keep their people under um, control so that they can still plunder the, the resources within the various countries. They have uh, sold out, sold their, their souls of us. So when I saw that on YouTube, Obama, Obama you know, the drums playing in the background, what have you, saying that, you know, you have an opportunity right now to change what you've been doing. And that, that, that spelled violence to me because and so the macro, so the, the, the micro, as it were, in terms of our condition. Honesty again. We have to be honest. Yes. Okay. And I think getting back to the fact of the mental disorder, mm-hmm. we have to understand that war, there's only three alternatives in war, 
and one emotion. You must win. <laughs> Secondly, what do you do with the people that you have won over? A thousand people? Yes. Kill them all. <laughs> We've seen that. Oh, of course. Or you contain them. The only way you're going to contain them, you have to forbid them to practice their culture, their religion, even speak their language. Okay? Because any man that's contained, any kind of way he's going to try to break free. So can you imagine what you must do to keep that person contained unless you're going to kill them? Again, you must win. And if you have a thousand people you captured, guess what? The decision is you kill them all. I want to be graphic that so all people understand the state that we are in. Yes. Either you're going to be killed or you're going to be contained. But how are you going to be contained? Mm-hmm. So what is that? What do you think that's going to do to your mental uh, capabilities when you're completely suppressed on a cultural level? Mm-hmm. What does that bring forth over years, over years, over years? Mm-hmm. So this is the type of situation that we... But the thing is that all who say that they truly know or believe, you got to live it. Yes. You have to live it. Yes. That's, the only, that's one of the vibes, as your wife was saying, to, to, to pass out. Yes. Okay? Because people are just waiting for that contradiction. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at them into that black thing and so forth. And look at what it, yes. They, they want to say that. Mm-hmm. We have to live it. So true. Uh, Mel, did, did you raise your hand? Did I... Um... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's your show. I'm just staying yes, in the yes. lane right now. <laughs> so I just want to pause and take a break for a moment, and then we'll be back, and, and the show is going to wrap up pretty shortly. And uh, Jesse, I'd definitely like to have you share some thoughts with us before we do wrap up, okay? I, I want to say, are you taking a break now? Uh, no, you can, you can. Well, I want to say that this Labor Day Carnival, parade, whatever, was in the heart of Brett Nepisazman originally, mm-hmm. okay? Like I said, on Madison Street, one time we came down New York Avenue into Bedford Avenue to Willoughby Temple. Mm-hmm. Before it got to Eastern Parkway, it was up and down. Okay? Mm-hmm. Before it got to Eastern Parkway, it was right in the heart of the neighborhood. Now, I'm not saying Eastern Parkway is not the heart of the neighborhood, but I'm just trying to make a point. Up and down in Bedford Avenue, right? Came on to New York Avenue, down, ah, to, down to Bedford yeah, Avenue, yeah. things like like that, right oh, within the community. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's only thinking of Eastern Parkway. Right. To Jefferson. Mm. Out of Jefferson, down Lewis Avenue, wind up on Bainbridge Street. Okay. At that time, Bainbridge had run, um, run straight out to Sundown there. Mm-hmm. And the corner of uh, Bainbridge there had a gas station before they built a project over there. Mm. And we used to wind up there until uh, we dispersed. Now, when was the last year? What was the last year that you had? Uh, in before Eastern Parkway, or nineteen? Well, nineteen seventy, we wind up on nineteen sixty nine. We wind up on Eastern Parkway. Okay. From out of Dean Street, we up and down Pacific. Pacific. Yeah, up, until we walk, wind up coming out on Washington Avenue. Okay. And then one time he stepped all the way down to Prospect Park West into the park. Because it's 1969, 
uh, we wind up on Washington Avenue going to Granham. And the following year after that, we started from Granham down to Buffalo Park. Mm -hmm. But it was too small, so we came right back up the following year after that. And we started up and down the park. And, and each year, did the, did the audience, did the crowds grow and work it around yes. and circulate? Yes. 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 My yes. earliest recollection yes. of the Westminster Day Parade was with Eastern Parkway. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't remember how old I was. I was maybe around 10 or something. I don't know. Right. But um, it was on Eastern Parkway. And boy, oh boy, what a gala event. I can still visualize <laughs> all of the floats and costumes. all the costumes. It, it was awesome. And I used to go every single year. Well, this is what my brother does. That, that kind of those yeah. masks, those oh, elaborate masks. Oh, you make those masks? Oh, yes, what you do. Yeah. And that's just amazing yeah. to me. And I used yeah. to Love it, you know, and, and then the food. I mean, come on. Right. Every, it was just wonderful. I would always try to squeeze my way to the front yeah. so that I could see everything. Yeah. And then, after a while, I, I, I actually stopped going because of the violence. And that's, that's why sad. most people started in 1980. That's, that's why most people. Stopped. Because when the violence first started, I was kind of like of the attitude that. Oh, like lightning only strikes once in the same place. So I would go back a couple of yeah. times and it was not going to happen. And then it kept happening. Yeah. Can you imagine how it's virtual? There's so many people are there. There's so, if you say it's a million there, maybe a million is not coming. Can you imagine all those people sharing that same vibe mm -hmm. on a heavy spiritual level to realize what this is yes. you're talking about? Black people from the islands, black people from here, black people from wherever coming together yes. on that and one, day. And one, and one accord. On one accord. And right. here's the thing. Okay, this year, two people were killed. And, you know, that's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. There, there isn't even a ratio that exists based on the number of people who attended to the number of people who were killed. Mm -hmm. And as um, Thomas said... Two people were killed, but turned on Channel 12. We listen to Channel 12 News, like the local news. Almost every day on the news, someone is being killed. So it has nothing to do with the West Indian Day and, Parade. And the point that we are okay. trying to make with, with that is that we have to take care of business those other days. Right. And we're not dealing with that. Right. Okay? It's not that we're saying, well, oh, just keep the parade and so forth and so on. Uh, no. The point we're trying to make is that we have a problem that either we don't know what to do or we're not thinking enough about it or admitting we don't know what to do so we can start thinking what well, we need to do. I, I think, I think the... Piece, I'm sorry. Here's another piece of the puzzle mm -hmm. for the... Um, for the mayor and, you know, other politicians and whatnot to talk about, well, maybe we should shut the parade down. Why? That's not going to stop the killing. So right. what's the political agenda on right. shutting it down? Right, right. Let me just say when also, I thought rather that from a social science perspective that uh, there are different ways in which, and the word you use layers, mm -hmm. in which we are co-opted in terms of our psyche. Mm -hmm. um, and technology being one of the ways which that's done. I can remember my uh, godson uh, when he was about five, three or four, say three, he, he wanted to make, he wanted a gun. 
uh, a toy gun. I wouldn't allow him to, 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 to have a gun given to him as a gift. Uh, he would take a ruler and use it to, to bang, bang with and what have you. And I would tell him, you know, you can't be doing that. You know, it's not good to, to want to kill someone. And we had a conversation about that ongoing. Now we have, fast forward 10, 15 years later, we have video games, and they're viewed with violence. And the parents are, they feel guilty if they don't purchase these games for their children. Not recognizing that subliminally, that child is being programmed to want to hurt someone. And at one time, the games were pretty uh, nebulous, you know, in, in terms of the violence. You know, you can tell it was a cartoon character, and they moved a certain way. But now these characters actually look like human beings, and they, they're throwing grenades and and being soldiers in some of the games, walking into villages and killing the women and children and what have you. And all that's part of the program. The program was subliminal. Yes, the subliminal programming. And until I think we come, we become aware of that, that and the violence by any nature is something that should not be condoned in the family. You know, I'm even, I know that boxing is something that we embrace. But I would rather it be martial arts as opposed to boxing that being so senseless that when you get into that form of... of because uh, you hear at least a philosophy that goes in martial arts as opposed to... Right. It's more spiritual yeah. than physical, as it were. You know, and, and uh, I know we got brought into the, we brought into the, the fact that, uh, or the lie, that you have the option of becoming very successful if you join the armed forces. You know, you, you, you make a, a steady income. And when you come out, you can get a, a loan to buy a home and, and get an education, which is actually a miseducation, as it were. You know, so I think across the, the board, we have to start delving into how have we been programmed, and we continue to be programmed, and how are those of us who actually are coming up with so-called solutions still incorporate, you know, uh, part of that negative. Uh, okay, so a uh, thing is that maybe we should, have, we should try to have seminars with, with black teachers, young people who are going into the teaching, you know, because mm -hmm. they they like the parents now. Remember how I said, a teacher can interject, yeah. a parent. I, I try to tell my friends, uh, young ladies who have kids, and you have to, to, to supply the missing pieces, yeah. okay? So can you imagine if a teacher, like you in the Board of Education, what you know, you will always interject such and such and such for the child, but a regular teacher who doesn't know. So maybe we need to start pulling in teachers like, you know, a forum with teachers. What is it do you know other than the so-called academics about yourself? I actually got in trouble when I was teaching. <laughs> I got in trouble with school yeah. over here that I told you about. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I was teaching at a private school. Yeah. And uh, I would teach the children our history, and uh, the children and the children loved it. They were so interested. I even brought a djembe drum to yes. school and let okay. the children play mm -hmm. play on the drum and everything. I got in trouble. I got reprimanded for doing that. I was told I have to stick to the program, stick to the textbook, and I said, "Well, what they need to know is not the textbook." Boy, oh boy! Well, the long and short of it is, I didn't stay there right. too long. 
but that's the thing. Um, to I, I like the way you're saying, you know, interject. Yes. Because I didn't because they will not right. I outright. But well, the thing is, so they were, they're not going to teach it. Didn't work for me. They're not going to teach it. Yeah. So a parent or that teacher has to know. Like I said, when I was speaking to this young uh, white uh, teacher, and he's saying there's no time to teach well, the so-called black history. And I said, what time? Mm. Just certain words. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. Just, just, just adjectives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <coughs> because if you're teaching oh, that, that's 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 African history or Black history, the Moors in Spain mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things. But the teacher has to know. The parents have to know. My little nephew, I have to you know like tutor him, and we talk about everything within that hour and so forth and so on. And still dealing with his math. Okay. And I used to tell them, what you're really doing is releasing your superpowers. You do have superpowers. That's another thing that we're not deal dealing with. Right. This the metaphysics is our superpower. Yes. Can you imagine that? Yes. So that's a whole other thing. <laughs> have a show about the pineal gland. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I have a show about chakras okay. and um, meridian points and so forth. Um, and and I, I like to have you on board again uh, to talk about health. Food, like we were talking about earlier before the show started, about the certain um, uh, Caribbean traditions, African traditions, actually, because mm -hmm. all this came from Africa. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mobe and yes, Sorrow, uh, fasting, yeah. you know, drinking sufficient amount of water. Um, but going back to the teaching, I, I thought this came to me that even in West Point, they teach about Hannibal. Okay. <laughs> you know, they, they teach you how, you know, his his war technique. Right. You okay. know. And the thing is, it, are, they, are they mentioning who this man really was? And this is where yeah. I think the black yeah. teacher comes in. Okay. Yeah. You can talk about something, but you're just adding, you know, yeah, Hannibal, such and such and such. This black man, mm -hmm. you understand what I'm saying? Yes. So forth and so on. Oh, it, it's a whole different spin. Yeah. Bringing the children to the museums. Okay. to the Egyptian floors, mm -hmm. uh, okay. and explaining who Cleopatra was, who Nefertiti was, and, and the various, uh, bless you, the various kings and so forth. The teacher has to know, yes. and the parents yes. have to know, because, yes. like I said, it's at least, if you have one out of the three, mm -hmm. well, sometimes our kids don't have nothing. It's not in the home, it's not in the school, not in the religious institution. So at least the parents know, and the teachers know, we're moving, mm -hmm. okay? Teachers. Call in teachers, maybe forums and young person. Are oh, you going to major in um, education? Yes. Well, such and such. We're having a forum and so forth and so on. Other than the academics and so forth and so on, there's things that you, you, you need to know. Mm -hmm. This is the only one of the ways we're going to start changing around, the, the attitude. Because once you start becoming aware, you start acting different. Yes. You start talking different. You start living different. There was Your great, criteria is different. It's there was a grand hard. opening of the African um, uh, American Museum yes. this past week. Yes. And that should be a prerequisite trip, as it were. Okay. Indeed, Eastern Parkway, the parade goes past the museum. You know, there should be an effort that no child should not have, should not be able to say, I haven't been in the Egyptian or the African pavilion. You know, that's a thought. Another thing we have to realize that. Yes, yes, Mel. Can I? Inter I want to interject something because um, I'm, I'm sure both of you and all of you have seen uh, the movie The Great Debaters with uh, no. Denzel Washington. Yes, I saw that. 
Yeah, the great debate. Do you remember the line in there? Because uh, whenever uh, uh, people were talking about uh, if, like, like black history in the schools, there was a line in there that, that, I, that I captured up to this minute, right? They said, you know, the, the young lady says, the time to deal with such matters is always right now. This is it, right this minute. <laughs> so, I love that line. <laughs> Yeah, I have to uh, look that that movie up and and, and view it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Denzel Washington? I think he died. Okay, uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, great debate. Okay. Yes, indeed. Well, thank you for sharing that, um, Brother Mel. And uh, we're not going to take a no break. <laughs> this is such a uh, high high energy discussion that we've had, and I'm looking forward to doing this again within the near future. Uh, I hope your sponsors don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. Well, as a matter of fact, we, we're going to be looking for sponsors. Oh, okay. uh, so I'm happy you mentioned that. Uh, that leads me to say, though, so I have a, a website, drumsofchange.com. Uh, again, that's drumsofchange.com. And at my site, I have uh, two stores, actually a drum store and a bookstore. And uh, I'd like to definitely uh, state the fact that, uh, uh, Mel, which book is it that you have online now that's being sold? Oh, yeah, that's uh, the the drug prevention book for the, uh, well, actually it's a drug prevention guide for parents, relatives, uh, guardians, and and, uh, and, uh, mentors of of kids like in between 8 and 12. And it's online mm-hmm. and, and it's available via Amazon Kindle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and Kindle? the name of that book is yeah Amazon Kindle. Okay. Right, and the name the name of that book is You're You're Not My Friend. You're Not My Friend by Mel Blackman. Uh, by, by Melvin Black Melvin Blackman. Melvin Blackman. Okay. Yeah, well, but as soon as you, you when, when you put the ti- when you put the title in the um, uh, on the Amazon books, it'll, it'll mm-hmm. come it'll come right up. It's like the fourth it's like the fourth one down when when when, uh, when, you, when you put it in the uh, the search of the, the book search, and um, and the and the other book, Crisis in Urban Black America, uh, I don't have any inventory available, but I'm um, this this coming week I'm also putting that on Amazon Kindle. Okay. Awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what is the cost of uh, these books on Kindle? Um, I'm missing now. Um, they're both be nine ninety nine. Um, on Amazon Kindle. Okay. Yeah, okay. Both of them are nine, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Oh, wonderful. Well, again, uh, thank you for joining uh, us this this afternoon. And Thank I'm looking you. forward Thank to us talking more and having you on the show, and and also for us to develop a uh, uh, another roundtable discussion. So uh, Jesse and and uh, Palmer, thank you so much for uh, for joining us and sharing your thoughts and and also solutions uh, to uh, what's happening within our community. And it was really exciting to hear about how the. Uh, uh, the West Indian Day Parade came to open <laughs> from home, right? Wonderful. Uh, that's something that's, uh, I'm sure the listening audience is going to really find very interesting. And I hope that we can uh, have you visit us again. Yeah, 